2: In my new book, With Mark Tim, mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the podcast. This is
0: your co-host, Seth Green. Today, I've got the good fortune to be joined by David Weaver from franchise.com. David, thanks so much for joining us.
2: Thanks for having me, Seth. All right. So
0: you are up to some cool stuff. First off, uh, what is FranChoice for our listeners and our viewers?
2: So FranChoice is a franchise consulting company, and I am a franchise consultant, and I help people become educated buyers of franchises.
0: Awesome. So who is an ideal client
2: for you? An ideal client for me is traditionally somebody that is a senior level executive executive in corporate America that is in transition for multiple different reasons, or somebody that is interested in controlling their exit from corporate America. So they they see the writing on the wall. They're they're looking for what does the next five years look like, and it might not look like another corporate job. um, And and always had the dream of business ownership, but don't know exactly how to go about doing that. Franchising looks appealing because there are systems in place and and a playbook to follow, et cetera. Um, And I work with people to help them look at the franchise space like a business investor so that we're not shopping for a franchise like a consumer. Okay, so that brings up an excellent, I mean, you got a couple of good points there. So number one, we
0: talked about corporate America, want to get out of the rat race and own my own business. Yep. Now, forgive the ignorant, dumb question. Why can't, let's pretend I'm your senior executive. Hey, I don't want to do this the rest of my life. I'm going to retire early or, you know, take, you know, and, and start something that's my own for the next 10 years or whatever. Why, how do you help? Why can't, why if i do that myself and try and figure out what franchise i want to buy i mean obviously there's hundreds if not thousands why do so many people screw that up
2: (laughs) um well so first of all thousands of people buy franchises on their own all the time and and that's totally fine why i i try to help people look at the buying a franchise like a business investor Rather than shopping for a franchise like a consumer, a lot of people are like they fall in love with the concept, with the widget. You know, all I need to do is build the store and they will come. I think is a bad strategy, right? So a business investor is going to focus on what is the business model that I want to invest in? Um, what are the characteristics that I'm looking for in a business that would make up my business model or my investment metrics? Um, and then I walk them through a process of, asking the right questions or thinking about the things that you that you need to be thinking about. Like, how many employees do I want to have? What kind of employee do I want to have on my team? And, and what does that look like? And here's an example of why I got into the franchise business uh, and the franchise consulting business. Um, prior to franchise consulting, I've been doing this for over a decade. So go back to 2007, 2008, 2009. So coming out of the the financial meltdown of 2009, I found myself in a position like many corporate executives, um, high performing. Um, I was in the finance space. So I would put together finance programs for franchise companies, franchisors. And, um, you know, the banks weren't interested in lending money. So I, I was out of business, right? So that pushed me out of my comfort zone and into my own business. Um, I bought a bar on Den, uh, Denver University's campus at the same time that I started my franchise consulting practice. Let's just say the bar was a bad idea and the franchise consulting business was a good idea. So um, the, a, an example of how people screw it up, to, be, to answer your question specifically, in 2007, I, I, I helped a woman get into a coffee franchise, and she was the most passionate person about coffee I've ever met. The world needs something other than Starbucks. I hate their talk, to- their coffee. It's too bitter. Blah blah blah. So, 2008 happens. 2009, she stops making her payments. And I called her up and I was like, Sarah, what happened? Like, don't I remember that the world needs something other than Starbucks? And it's been like 18, 24 months. Like, well, you know, I'm I'm filing bankruptcy. I'm closing this. And I, I didn't want to do this. And I was like, well, tell me more. And she says. I never wanted to work on Sundays and I hate managing high school kids. Wow. And I thought to myself, yeah, wow. Right. Um, all coffee shops have high school kids or, or kids going through college, working at them. So that seemed pretty obvious to me. And every retail store is open seven days a week. that's just part of the program, right? the the landlord lease is going to require you to be open seven days a week. Um, and so it just got me thinking that a lot of people don't think of some some fairly obvious things as they're um, getting into, or obvious to me anyway. And and I want to help them identify some of those things. So my goal as a franchise consultant is to really help people ask all the right questions um, and and make sure that they're talk they're asking the right questions of the franchisor but that they also talk to franchise owners and ask them all the right questions to verify, you know, what they're being told by the franchisor and and really get a good sense for what does your pro forma look like? And are you, do you know your numbers and et cetera, et cetera. So. That makes a lot of sense. Now
0: I think it's fascinating because so many people have what you know, Michael Gerber, who's been on the show, would call an entrepreneurial seizure. Right? They say I, I'm going to go open a business, and they don't know anything about. They might, your example, work in corporate America, but and manage some big budget in a team, but they have no idea what running a regular, let's say, retail bricks and mortar business is like. Talk a little bit about your process for educating them in terms of the questions they need to be asking and things they need to think about. Like, for example, that lady who learned the hard way, she didn't want to work weekends and she didn't want to manage teenagers. Maybe
2: a coffee shop's not the best idea or a Subway or a Burger King. So one of the things that I talk about in my consultation is let's, let's establish your business budget. What does that business budget look like? So what I'm looking for is what's a not to exceed number. There's a big range in what franchises cost to open, depending on the kind of business that you're looking at. And and so we talk about you know what's your total investment, how much cash are you willing to put into this? Are you a cash buyer, etc. The biggest question that I want people to focus on, I feel like, is often missed in in the franchise investment space, which is speed to break even. Right? Um, if you can't, you know, when you start a business, the business is going to lose money for a period of time until your revenues exceed your expenses. Right? And so I very clearly point this out. Um, because you have to establish what is the working capital that you need to plan for to get the business to cash flow positive. And franchisors through the franchise disclosure document and and kind of the rules of the road, they're going to map out what does it cost to get a store open, right? And what I tell my candidates is I don't believe that anybody wants to have an open subway, what they really want is a subway that makes money. And so we need to very clearly understand what is that time frame because different business models naturally break even differently, right? And so you want to make sure that you pin this down. So what I point out in this conversation is I think that the speed to break even cash flow positive is the most important financial question to get your head around Because it comes across like a math equation, right? Like this is pretty straightforward, David. If I lose $10,000 a month, and it takes me nine months to break even, I need $90,000 in working capital, which is exactly how you think about it. But the question is really an emotional question. The real question is, when are you going to be so worried about losing money that you start making money decisions rather than business decisions?
0: Wow. I mean, that's a writer down. I mean, that's, punch in the gut that's like a really good powerful question and I think it's I think what you pointed out is so true you don't really want a Subway because or let's say you know a Wendy's because you think you know uh, a triple cheeseburger makes the world a better place and makes people healthy they're ultimately theoretically buying it Obviously, there's some reasons they might want pride of ownership, they might want something they can call their own. But ultimately, I think they want to check every month, right? They want to either replace their income, or do something like financial like that. So I think your, your point is completely accurate. And people do mess this up, because they don't think of those things all the time. Um, what does it look like when somebody works with you? How does that process work?
2: So I'm going to have a, an in-depth consultation where we cover some of these, these ideas like, do you want to follow your passion, right? I'm not a big believer in following your passion and you'll never work another day in your life. I believe that a business is a vehicle to take your life in a different direction, right? And so I also believe that a business that doesn't make money is really a hobby. And it's just a lot of work without a lot of output. So it's important to me that people find a business that will help them achieve their long-term goals, right? Short term and long-term goals and, and make money. Um, because businesses that make money are a lot of fun to own and businesses that don't make money are a lot of work and, and become less and less fun over time, right? So. Um, The process is to identify the business model characteristics in our consultation, Um, I give my candidates some homework to do to really clarify and solidify the conversation that we've had, then we come back and and identify those business model characteristics as our investment criteria, I match those uh, that investment criteria to typically three to five different franchise concepts that are available in their market and meet their investment criteria. Um, And then I introduce them to those franchise brands. And I work with these candidates for a period of time, six, six weeks, six to eight weeks to help them educate them through a very defined process of uncovering what the business opportunity looks like and really pinning down these outstanding questions that, that I want them to be focusing on so that they can uncover does this particular franchise meet their investment criteria actually or not, right? I talk about this idea in the consultation that, that I call the franchise promise, right? Um, a lot of people, uh, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. And so I ask people, why why franchising over buying an existing business or starting a business from scratch, right? Why, what is it about franchising that's appealing to you? And And what came out of that is this concept that I just started calling the franchise promise, which is, all franchises are the same, right? All I need to do is buy a franchise and I will get things like brand recognition or proven track record or established business model, etc. The reality is they're not the same. They're actually super different, right? And and some franchise brands deliver on this idea of the franchise promise, and some really don't. And so I want I want that to be forefront, right? Like. And, and and so how do you determine, does the one that you're looking at deliver on the things that you actually want? And I break that down into different pieces and and allow them to sort of build up from there. So um, again, my goal is to create an educated buyer. My goal is really not to, to create a franchisee, right? Like whether they actually buy a franchise, but I want them to be, walk into this opportunity eyes wide open. Yeah, I, I think... It's so valuable what you do. My wife
0: has a friend whose brother's got a settlement from a workplace injury. They decided to open, buy a franchise, didn't talk to anybody about it. I'm not sure how they ended up, but they bought like a packing and shipping franchise, which was like mailboxes, et cetera, or Kinko's used to be. Um, Opened like a block from the post office and, you know, (laughs) came to us you know, six months in going, we're losing our shirts, we're not making any money and talked to us about marketing, but had no budget. I'm like, well, we can't market for zero. We need some money. It takes money to make money. And I think in less than a year, they ended up closing and having to break their lease because they opened the wrong kind of business that had nothing to do with what they cared about. um, Didn't think it through and just, I don't know where they got the idea, but they opened the wrong type of business in a terrible location yes they did not have someone like you
2: well and seth i i you know i've been in the franchise space since 2005 and i i am i hear these stories all the time right the the build it and they will come I, i have a great story a guy called me up you know people know that i'm in the franchise business so i get referrals and hey i own this gelato company it's the best gelato ever i could i mean they had two locations open i went and i tasted the gelato it was fabulous I knew all I had to do was open a store and I would have a line out the door. Well, two locations doesn't make for a proven model. Let's just be clear about that. Right. And so if you're going to get into an emerging brand, because emerging brands, there's there's lots of cool reasons why you might want to do that. But again, you need to be super clear on what the pitfalls may be um, with that. And so, you know, four years later, the guy is went back to corporate America because the business was losing like $50,000 a year. And so he's working just to pay to make sure that he can get out of his landlord lease. It was a nightmare. And, and it, um, you know, I, like you said, I can't really help you when you're that deep into the, there's nothing I can do to help, but, um, I'm a big believer in setting a foundation on the front end. That's what I can help people do. Let's set a real foundation on what this investment really may look like. And, and, um, you know, set ourselves up to win. I I think that makes a lot of
0: sense. And I love the idea to think of it like an investor. You know, if I own McDonald's stock, I'm not expecting to walk into the local location and flip burgers. I'm not even going to even, you know, the owner of McDonald's, there's managers that run it. There's teenagers that make all the burgers. Like literally the owner may never even go in. They may just pick up a check. you think of it like that it totally changes your mindset and probably your success ratio for our folks watching and listening who are interested in learning more about what you do where is the best place for them to go to get
2: to you so the easiest way to contact me directly is send me an email so dweaver at franchise.com uh if you want to get a lot of great information and content um you know whether it's my youtube channel or different podcasts that, that i've been on as a guest www.franchiseyourfreedom.com is my my personal website that that kind of covers franchising soup to nuts. Um, and that's where you can find me. So dweaver at franchise.com or franchiseyourfreedom.com. Awesome. This
0: has been Seth Green with David Weaver of Franchise Your Freedom. David, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Have a great time. Thanks everybody for watching or listening. We'll talk to you or see you next time.